the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, the myth, the legend, the voice. And I just stepped all over the lines, uh, but that's just that's just how I feel. They smoke a clock. I'm too excited, and, and I can't help myself. But I do have, in the opposite corner, my mono, e mono, my verbal sparring partner, none other than Philly's finest, Iron. Wiltress, rough. I'm here, man. I'm here. It's smoke o'clock. It's seven fifteen. You see me on time. You see voices out here talking before you're supposed to talk about certain things. We ready. We got a great show for y'all. Uh, we're gonna talk a lot. We're gonna cover that Mayweather, Gotti, Raw, whatever you want to call it. We're gonna talk about Amanda Nunez, Bellator two ninety seven, and is Bud Crawford pound for pound the best of this generation? Boys, you ready? Yes, sir. All right, let's get into it. Tales of Love Road. Let's go. All right, so, boys, if you got a chance to see the media presser for uh, Crawford Spence, you saw Bud Crawford made a big statement today. Um, I'm sorry, today or yesterday. He stated that with a win over Earl Spence Jr., he would be the best pound for pound boxer of this generation. Now, of course, Spence fought back on that and asked questions such as, who did you really fight? And what was your signature fight, of course? I've got to get your talk on this, boys. What do you think about Bud Crawford's statement? And does he have an argument for being pound for pound the best of his generation? Um, his statement and his claim have validity. They both have, uh, or I should say, yeah, he, he has validity as far as that's concerned. He said he would be considered the best fighter of this era because no other fighter in this era has been the undisputed champion at two different weight classes. When you come at it from that perspective, you definitely have a claim to that title. Uh, as far as who has he fought, well, let, let's get real. Spence talked about how well top rank uh, crafted Crawford's career. Your people had a hand in that because they were trying to get at you and anybody over there for a long time. And y'all been like, no, we good. Uh, 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 but out of Spence's own mouth, but get a belt and then we'll fight. Well, he's been a WBO champion for a long time. And the, well, you on that side of the, uh, of the street. Okay, he came off that side of the street and still no fight. So it, it, it's I, there's blame to be laid on both sides, but you can't fault Crawford. He can only fight those people who his promoter can get to fight. Um, you know, it's all oh, you know. Well, what's your your uh, signature win? Destroying uh, the dude who gave you one of the toughest fights that you had in. Uh, in uh, the leprechaun salute to the, to the to the little black leprechaun uh sean porter so yeah that, that that's my claim to fame you fought him i stopped him as they talked about at the press conference so yeah uh it, it's wonderful i love to see all of this uh flying back and forth there's another one tomorrow i can't wait to see what comes out of that i'm i'm excited i'm excited it's now, Bud has kind of been making his media rounds. I mean, he, he even talked with the million dollars worth of game guys 
Um, and then that one, he talked more about Spence. He even talked about uh, a challenge from Boots Ennis that he says that never, uh, never came to fruition. So it seems like Bud is kind of on a, a media tour right now to prove himself. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. That's going to be July 29th. We're definitely going to have that covered. Um, but I love all the talk right now that everybody's doing. I know sometimes it doesn't really come to anything, but it's definitely going to be exciting. Now, moving on from Bud playing to someone who definitely claims to be the greatest of all time, depending on who you ask. Now, this past weekend, it literally included a number of headline graphics uh, from Mayweather vs. Gotti, ending in a brawl when the bout was stopped by referee. Teofimo Lopez returned to the ring to win and retire again, then say he's not coming back for anything less than a uh, hundred, what did you say, a hundred million dollar fight? No, he said, um, I think he said maybe, I think he said nine figures, which was kind of crazy. I think he meant eight. Um, I, it was an outlandish number. And then UFC 289 saw a, a, a TKO and then another legend calling it quick. Which you covered a lot on Twitter this weekend. I know you were super busy. All your TVs were going on. Give us your thoughts on all this fast weekend, including the major headlines and the highlights. As far as everything that happened this weekend, I mean, this show's name was drama, drama, and more drama. And that's because this past weekend produced drama, drama, and more drama. Let's start off with the last fight of the weekend, or at least the last one that got the drama started, which is Mayweather versus Gotti. Exhibition. Uh, I I wasn't going to watch it anyway because I'm not watching any more of Floyd's exhibitions. It's a waste of uh, my money and my time. Uh, whatever happens that's of note, I can find out about it on social media, which I did. I got everything I need to get from social media uh number one this fight was on zeus network that lets you know that it's gonna be nothing but drama and you had it you had it in the ring they were fighting uh, uh referee stopped the fight then god was like no no i ain't stopping the fight and floyd caught him with something for real you know to let him know look i was playing with you now you if you want to you want to get it for real you can get it for real then as you as well as so many people pointed out um like 50 75 365 people from the, the money team swarmed the uh, ring to uh <laughs> to ensure that nothing happened to their cash cow uh you know but that wasn't it you had brawls in the stands you had uh, uh, Jocelyn getting into it with somebody backstage again. This is by, yeah, this is by Zeus, which she's on that network, and Zeus is known for this kind of drama. So, you got what you were supposed to get at this event. Um, the thing that does concern me about it though is what is on our screen now. Gotti's either niece or sister or some female in his family is threatening Floyd's daughter. Like, what? It was an exhibition fight. He got whooped. He's going to go back to fighting uh, uh, MMA. I want to say he's in the PFL. If he's not, then he's on some regional promotion in the Northeast. 
um you know life will go on why are you threatening people talking about some you know it's not uh you know may not be 12 months may not be you know three years or two years when i'm coming for you you know that it's it's uncalled for absolutely uncalled for uh to me it sounds like she's trying to get another uh, a fight uh i'm sure zeus will put that on uh and then you'll you'll find out just just disrespectful absolutely disrespectful then you talk about Teofimo Lopez, um, you know, just just fighting like he was the man and he was and he had all his swagger back, had everything in place the way that he needed to be in place. And then said, I'm said all stuff that you said. I'm not going to repeat it. Just rewind it and, and hear that. Um, to me, the last statement that he said is what makes it make the most sense seems that he's really posturing for the biggest payday that he can get uh you know sabriel matisse is out there at 140 roly is out there at 140 both of them are under the pbc banner so i don't see them fighting uh teofimo lopez i see them fighting each other uh the only other person out there right now is regis prograde which we'll talk about him a little later on in the show today but it's <laughs> it is a well-known fact that if he wins that uh uh matchroom is already angling for a fight between him and haney now that haney is a free agent uh haney could sign back with top rank and fight uh tiafimo lopez that would be a, a good fight and a big fight but you know tails got a while before he's going to see anybody of note which i think is the reason why he's retiring let me step back and um you know wait for some stuff to shake out and then when the time is right i'll come back into the equation um that that's really what i see going on and on top of that he's going through a custody battle for his son got a lot of stuff going on he needs a time off so it, it's a retirement but I doubt very seriously that it's a retirement that will stick. Then we talk about, I'm sorry, you, you look like you got something to say. Go ahead. I, I'm no, I was just going to say, I mean, with, with Fimo, I mean, even if he comes back, he's got a number of boxes lined up, ready to, to go at him. And even Haney, I mean, I know they this weekend people showed the Court Stevenson sending over the bottle girls to be like, sign the contract. Yeah. So it's just like, everyone is calling everyone out, but You've got a number of different people in front of you first that you need to be able to defend against. And Teofimo, after coming back, I mean, we covered it a couple months ago, from losing his confidence, and now everything is back. You, I mean, you kind of got to be humble about the situation and see what's in front of you first. But. Yeah, I mean, but at 140, again, it's not really a lot out there. You got Zapata out there. Um uh, you got, you know, Zapata out there who just got done losing to, um, Lord, who did he lose to? Um, no, it was Ramirez. Ramirez lost to Zapata, you know, so that's something that could possibly happen, but it is not a whole, whole lot out there and definitely not a lot to, um, to, to, to really get him the kind of paydays he's looking for. What's going on, Timeless? Uh, okay. Uh, Crispy ain't said nothing today, so I don't know if we're going to the, tur- <laughs> to the turnbuckle or not. I see uh, houses in there too. Now yeah. you, you mentioned Zapata. Zapata actually took that loss 
uh, to reaches last November for the for the title. So mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of moving parts. And like I said, we're going to talk about uh, pro, uh, progress in, in a moment. And he has his eyes set on Steel Female Net. So. Yes, he does. Uh, as far as all again all the drama that took place uh, this weekend we would be remiss not to talk about how Du Bronx just just made uh, UFC 289 his show he made it his show uh, by going out there uh, and having a very uh, action packed spirited one round bout with a whole lot of, of swings and momentum and, and changes of positions with uh uh Darius, you know, and, and and he said, Look, I wanna uh I wanna fight again for the title. Dana very rarely, very rarely talks about next fights the night of the fight. But he said this will make sense, which it does. Islam's gonna fight in Abu Dhabi, that's in October, four months away. Who else is there? That's gonna be you know, be available to fight, so it just makes sense to to make this fight. Um, you know, Dubronx was talking about some hey, you know, as, as he said on this tweet, there are levels to this game, and uh, uh, saying see you soon to uh, Makashev, who said there are levels to this game. It's like yeah, there are, but I'm gonna see you, and you're gonna see these new levels that I just got. So I, I you know, that that makes this fight. Uh, even that much more intriguing because honestly, they're both only one fight removed from fighting each other. What makes this so interesting is how Dubronx steamrolled Darius, a man who was on an eight fight win streak, and how Volkanovsky gave uh, Islam the business in their fight. His uh, uh, aura of invincibility has been brought down a bit being Islam's where it looks as if Dubronx's uh, uh, power level has increased so yeah this, this is going to be great this is going to be great oh, definitely, definitely. and then uh, go ahead I'm sorry you got to mention the last one the last one for me was the biggest yeah I, I, I agree which is why we saved the best for last the greatest woman of all time in combat sports across the uh, the across the spectrum a uh, salute to clarissa who we talked about who fought you know a couple weeks ago uh she is she definitely has claimed to being the greatest boxer uh of all time and the greatest woman boxer currently but the greatest martial artist female it's got to be the lioness amanda nunez she has been utterly dominant for so long um beating all of the big names that that's what that's what gives it she beat ronda rousey though broken she still beat her. she beat holly home she beat misha tate she beat cyborg and even the loss that she had to uh juliana Pena, she uh she got that back and some made the first fight look like a fluke so yeah, definitely hat goes off uh, to Amanda, uh, greatest woman of all time. And, and she, she said DC for life, which means double champ for life. And she is. 145 division is gone. 
in uh, the UFC. And she really leaves a lot of turmoil in her wake, even with the 135 division, because it was so soft. You know, it was like, oh, you know, who, who who's going to fight her? Who's going to fight her? Which is another reason. She's like, man, these women don't have anything for me. So I'm just going to go do what I do and, and live my life. I'm good. Um, it, number one, Payne was supposed to be in this fight. She wasn't. So they'll definitely put her in for the vacant strap. Against who? Huh? She made a statement actually about uh, Amanda retiring. And it seemed like it was kind of backhanded, which it was kind of like, you just. That's paying you. Yeah, her, her statements are, are going to be backhanded. Um, yeah, she she was like, you know, I should have should have uh, rushed the the cage and said, no, you're not going to retire. You're going to fight me, you know. But my coaches held me back. It's like, and they probably did. But I mean, the Amanda that we saw on Saturday is going to smash you, just like the Amanda we saw who smashed you the last time. She'll probably be fighting. She being um, uh, Pena will more than likely be fighting uh, Raquel Pennington, who was the backup fighter for this one for the vacant title. Uh, I can see them making that probably as soon as as, uh, August or uh, September. So uh, we'll see, you know, what happens and and when it all happens. But uh, salute to the lioness. Like I said, in her wake, she leaves a lot of stuff up in the air and just took out a whole division in the UFC. Definitely. Congratulations to one of the greatest to ever step in a cage. Um, hearing that next, you may possibly be looking at a deal with WWE, so wish you might as well come on over and mm-hmm. get right there. Cause it's, uh, uh, somebody, or it's a number of fighters uh, that are uh, in the, the WWE, and uh, yeah, I'm going to leave that turnbuckle to you <laughs> and Chris. Awesome, awesome. And we're going to take a real quick break uh, with a sponsor, a brief for our sponsor, Ozell. We come back to WBC, Reggie Pobreus. Uh, he's literally looking to set up his next big fight. Bellator 297, Pitbull versus Pettis. And we get into Voices Last Words. I had a blank for a moment. We'll be right back. It's not just about the love of the game. It's about dedication and commitment through the process and the patience to endure. There's joy in reaching your goals and peace in knowing you've done all you're supposed to do. Ozell Brand. It's not just a brand. It's a lifestyle. Awesome. Major shout out to our sponsor, Ozell Brand. Some amazing, amazing shoes. You got uh, football coming up soon. Make sure you get your cleats and you can get them in a couple different colors. Um, they're also at Walmart now. Um, so shout out to the brand. Definitely growing big. Uh, make sure you go out and support. Now, voice. Reggie Progress returns to the ring for the first time since winning the vacant WBC light welterweight title last November, which he won against uh, Jose Pizeta, uh, Zapata. Uh, when he defeated, um, uh, I'm sorry, when he actually defeated him, and and now he's actually going to be fighting in his own backyard this this Saturday, June 17th, at the Smoothie King Center uh, in New Orleans Arena. He's going to be actually fighting Danilo Zarilla, who is a late replacement 
uh, for Leah Palm, um, which uh, he was recently a, a late pull uh, due to injury. So uh, Rivas is actually hoping to face Teofimo Lopez, which is actually scheduled to happen if he can actually pull it out of from what I'm hearing. I don't know how true that is. Now, Rivas recently stated, I'm glad that Zorilla has taken the fight. Nothing's changed for me, and I'm still working hard to go out there and prove that I'm the best fighter in the world at 120 pounds. I'll go out, do my thing, show out for my city, and defend my title with pride. I'm sad that Liam had to pull out, but we do have a great replacement. Now, Zorillo is, he's literally looking at this as a major opportunity. He said that I'm ready to be a world champion. I'm grateful for being given the opportunity but on June 17th, there will be a new world champion. I've been watching Regis for a long time, and I know his style. I know I have the talent and ability to win by any means. This world will know who Gorillo is. Boys, now, it, I understand late scratches sometimes can set up major upsets. We've seen it a number of times. But in this in, in this instance, it kind of looks like almost Gorillo might be a little bit... Um, overwhelmed because Rebus is coming in, he's focused, he's on a winning streak, and he looks like he has a plan to be a major world champion moving forward. Um, what are your thoughts on his statements and what are your thoughts on Zorillo's statements also? As far as Regis's statements, um, you know, he, he's coming home. Uh, he has his eyes set on bigger things. This is just a stepping stone for him. As it should be. This is his first fight under the matchroom umbrella. He's fought on the zone before when he was fighting um, for the World Boxing Super Series or when he was a part of the World Boxing um, Super Series. That was on the zone. So, you know, it's a platform that he is familiar with and uh, it's a platform that he has done well on in the past he's talked about being at home and how much he loves being at home. He even uh, had a run where he was like, Hey, yeah, you know, I got to do my run, my road work anyway. So come on out and, and run with me. And this is the first time since 2018 or 19 that he's fought uh, at home being um, uh, New Orleans. You know, he doesn't even live at home anymore. He lives in Houston uh, since, since uh, Hurricane Katrina and all that. But, you know, he's happy to be home. He's ready to put on for a city. He's been really lifting the spirits of the city. You know, and I salute uh, Zaria for stepping up. And he's saying, hey, look, this is my fight. You know, th th this is it. This is this is everything that I have been working for and everything that I've been waiting for. You know, has he lost in the past? Yeah. You know, when he has fought good opponents, he has lost in the past. But. You know, you just, you don't know what can happen. You know, I, I'm in the mind, or I should say I'm reminded of when Tyson fought Buster Douglas, although this is a bit different. Uh, Buster Douglas wasn't a late notice replacement. Uh, and I really can't think of a situation in boxing where late notice replacements have, uh, have won it all. In fight? Yes. Or in fights, I should say, yes. It was a star-making performance uh, for someone who we'll be talking about in a couple months who has a huge fight coming up, being none other than uh, Nathan Donald Diaz. So uh, when he stepped in last minute and fought Conor McGregor, that launched him 
into superstardom because he was able to make the most out of that situation. And I see Zaria coming in trying to do that again. I can't think of someone in boxing who has stepped in last minute and won it all, been a rocky kind of situation. Uh, but uh, there's been history made this week already. Uh, no other um, ABA team outside of the Spurs had won a championship since the ABA and the uh, and the NBA got together. One winning a championship in your first championship appearance. You know, all of that history has been made. Uh, so, you know, uh, anything is possible in sports. Uh, probable? Not so much. Possible? Yes. Now, you know, Pro Gray was talking about some stuff with uh, Tao. Mm, as I stated, it's 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 not even a well-kept secret. Out of Pro Gray's uh, um, promoter's mouth, we're talking to Haney. He'll be there at the fight. He wants to fight. I think that'd be a good fight. He, if Pro Gray wins, that's the fight we're going to try to make. So you can talk about Tao all you want. Uh, Tao's retired, and he's not going to fight anytime soon. So, uh, again, Haney is who I see him facing. Uh, if he is uh, successful, Zaria is successful, then I think they run it back. So, of course, I mean, when you have a, a big fish like Haney there, and it's not to say that Teofimo is not, why do you think he's so focused on Teofimo instead of Haney when that would be a, a major opportunity also? But then the same reason that Teofimo talked about I'm retired. Uh, it is um, public negotiations. If he's saying, I really want to fight this person versus fighting uh, someone that's being talked about, he may be able to, you know, squeeze an extra uh, dollar or uh, some other stuff out of the promoter to make that fight happen because he doesn't seem as interested in that. Okay, okay. We'll definitely be sure to uh, uh, stay tuned. That's going to be Saturday, June seventeenth. It's going to be in New Orleans, Louisiana, and live worldwide on the zone. Uh, moving forward, Patricio Pitbull looks to make history. Friday. He's one of my favorites. He's looking to make history Friday at Bellator 297, but he's going to be attempting to actually become the first fighter in a major MMA promotion to win belts in three weight classes. Now, the current three-time Bellator featherweight champion is going to be facing off with Sergio Pettis for the bantamweight belt in Wintrust Arena. Now, despite the possibility of making history, Pitbull still does not feel that he received the respect and credit that he deserved because he fights in the Bellator. He recently said it on the Tokyo uh, Fonsa podcast, I stopped thinking about that a long time ago. I have a lot of submissions, a lot of knockouts, and I've been fighting overseas since 2010. I was never the submission of the year. I was never knockout of the year or the athlete of the year. I think the media has been ignoring me for a bit, but my results don't depend on what the media thinks. I don't understand the resistance against the great fighters we have in Bellator. But it's getting really hard for them to hide. He said it is hard to hide Federer, who ended his career in Bellator. It's hard to hide Chris Cyborg, the greatest of all time. There's Amanda Newman. I have a ton of respect for her. She's my friend, a double champion, and she beat Chris. But the career as a whole, Chris was the greatest. He said, I'm making noise too with the numbers and records in Bellator, maybe another one. So it's hard to tell the story of MMA 
without talking about it. Now, on the other side, Sergio Pettis, who hasn't fought since Bellator 272, is the champ. And he feels like he's being overlooked. Stating that he's actually the underdog and someone some would consider him to be uh, the pound for, some would consider Pitbull to be the pound for pound vote. And he understands that, but he doesn't want to be overlooked either. He said, a lot of people do overlook me, and I've been the underdog for most of my career. It's something I've gotten used to, especially coming into this fight. I'm coming off an injury, so I'm sure it's going to be a lot of underdog play that goes into it. That's what I'm pushing for, and I believe I have the skill set to go out there and compete against Pitbull and come out successfully. His final statement, he said, throw me right in the deep end with the shark. And I'm excited to show you guys, I'm a shark as well. I can swim and I hope he's overlooking me because I want to look over him when I'm done with this fight. Royce, they're both coming in with what looks like chips on their shoulders. Of course, I mean, the statements by Pitbull, you can say they are accurate. You even stated previously that Delta is kind of the little brother almost. To, to UFC. What are your thoughts on both of those gentlemen's statements? And who truly needs the victory here to get the respect they deserve? As far as um, their statements are concerned, I think Pitbull has a lot of validity to what he has to say. Um, he is overlooked because he's in Bellator, but guess what? Everyone who is in a organization or on a side of the street that the the majority does not respect as much they get overlooked you know they 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 get the the what's name we just talked about spence and crawford and how uh spence and many of the people who back spence look at Crawford and look at his resumes. Oh, you know, well, you you just fought these people, you know, whatever. You haven't fought anyone. It's the same thing here. Now, granted, Bellator has killers, absolute killers all the way across the board and Pitbull has been the face of Bellator for quite some time. You know, he took over that position from Michael Chandler and continues to wave the Bellator flag everywhere that he goes. And he's right. Let him win this, and he needs to be in your GOAT conversation. He really does. You won championship at lightweight. You have been the featherweight king forever. Even came back and and beat the up-and-comer in AJ the Mercenary McKee. Oh, then you dropped down a whole nother weight class and beat arguably the best bantamweight out there today in Sergio Pettis because Sergio does have uh, 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 a claim to that like if he fought Al Jermaine Sterling today I can't say that Aljo is like like that's a walk in the park for Aljo because it's not you know he definitely uh, could beat him the last person that Aljo fought you know and who gave him a decent fight uh, was uh, uh, what's Big Head's name I'm sorry it's dead what's in my head comes out of my mouth unfortunately <laughs> and when i think of um triple c i think man that guy's got a big head um but yeah triple c uh Cejudo. yeah Pettis beat him back in the day easily defeated him back in the day not when he was older when aljo faced him so yeah it, 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 
he should if he's able to win be in your goats conversation now um you you ask about the statements that that's the statements and then you ask another question what was the other question who i mean they both from a chip on their shoulders who do you feel like needs to win more to get the most respect that they want that's really hard to say uh they both have fairly much cemented their legacies um i think just overall from the perspective as I shared before that pettis has a claim to being the best bantamweight out there if he were to beat the face of bellator then you really can't say much else about that you know we we talk about pound for pound this is literally pound for pound you're beating a pound for pound champion in another division at your weight class that's huge um for pitbull again his legacy is set if he were to win though then that puts him in a whole different conversation um i don't think either of them has more to gain per se i think they're both fairly uh they both have a lot on the line with that being said as well the person who has the most to lose is Pettis. and that's because if he loses he's no longer champion it will still has a featherweight belt that doesn't change he still goes back to being that champion he'll face uh whoever else is up next in the featherweight uh division um unless i am mistaken i believe he's still the the, the featherweight champion i have to go back and check okay okay because yeah i know he beat mckee um yeah just for some reason i i, I feel like he lost oh that's why i was confused he did lose recently but he lost when he was fighting in um no he didn't lose he gave up his belt and his brother won his belt and then lost the belt i'm getting the, the uh pit bulls mixed up <laughs> either way it goes he's still a champion so even if he loses he's still a champion and even if he doesn't have or didn't have a belt anymore he still holds the records like nearly every record that you could hold for Bellator. So he said, again, this will put him in a whole different conversation, but if Bettis loses, yeah, that that's uh, that's not looking good for him. Definitely. Speaking of records, uh, Pitbull literally comes into the bout well-rounded and a full record holder everywhere. His seven knockout victories in Bellator featherweight competition are the most individual hit. When you think about all the featherweight fighters that come through, Pitbull is 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 the, is the the melatonin man out here. So, uh, okay, Pettis has a lot going. Pettis has a lot going on, and that's one thing that Pitbull said that he's looking forward to do is putting that man to sleep. So, uh, yeah. Now on that same card, Dean Nemkov is having probably the best run of his career, and it has the potential to get bigger. Now the current Bellator lightweight champion is currently on a ten bout win streak and undefeated since joining Bellator since 2017. Now, Bellator recently rewarded him with a multi-year, multi-fight contract, and he's now going into Bellator 297 against Joel Romero as the number two ranked pound-for-pound fighter behind Pitbull. But the most successful lightweight champion in the promotional history may be looking to wrap that up and head to the land of the heavyweights. 
Now, when asked about the moves to the heavyweight division, Vadim stated, really, that will be interesting for me because cutting weight is not so easy as before. And also, Valentin Moldovsky, his, uh, yes, his, his uh, teammate, um, he, you know, he lost his last fight, so no one knows when he's going to fight for the title for heavyweight again. Mukov also told us that when asked about the possibility of pursuing a second title up in the division, so for me, it would be interesting. The answer is yes. The move could be a permanent decision due to the difficulty of constantly cutting weight as a light heavyweight. On top of that, a win over Romero would not be enticing for Vadim because he may be required to have a rematch with the winner of Phil Davis versus Corey Anderson, both fighters that he has defeated. And he said, to be honest, I would prefer someone new, a new challenger, because I fought them both. I won against Phil Davis both times, three rounds, five rounds. And the last time I fought Corey, I was dominating all the fights. So to say honestly, I would prefer somebody new. So what are your thoughts on literally this bout against Joel Romero, which I don't want to say he's overlooking, but what are your thoughts on him possibly winning and then literally just going up to the heavyweight division? What happens with that light heavyweight championship and how much damage can Vadim do in the heavyweight division? Okay, you gave me like 85 questions, and you know I, I don't get down like that. So get, give me the first one, and then come back. Uh, come back. Okay, so what, so what are your thoughts on him moving up to that heavyweight division? I love I'll it. give you the second question. I love it. I, I would love to see him do that because um, the champion there is Ryan Bader. And uh, Nimkov, as well as Moldovsky, have ought against Ryan Bader because Ryan Bader destroyed their coach, uh, Fedor Emelianenko, who looks like he is living his best life. I've never seen Fedor as happy as he is now. The minute he said he was retiring, he's smiling like Fedor smiles. And I've met and interacted with Fedor on a number of different occasions. I mean, he is the consummate stoic uh russian like he doesn't do autographs or, or he does autographs like no pictures don't talk to me don't do anything just i'm here as a statue uh for you to to look at and uh observe and and bask in my glory it's like okay so <laughs> for him to be smiling and and doing all these things he's putting up bunny ears behind people's heads in pictures i mean he is living his best life as a coach um they've all wanted to get back at him now nimkov did get back at him by just knocking him clean out to win the light heavyweight championship but to do it again at heavyweight and take the title from him there will be like so uh so wonderful and and such a great storyline uh what was the, the next question what do you think would happen if he decides to actually move up and vacate that light heavyweight championship? Uh, well, as I stated, he moves up. He's going to fight Ryan Bader. He vacates the championship. That really opens things up at light heavyweight for Bellator. Uh, you know, whoever wins between uh, Phil Davis and Corey Anderson, um, you know, they, they may just be given the title because this is obviously a number one contenders bout or they may be you know slotted in with 
uh, some of the other light heavyweights. You know, Romero may get another shot. Um, uh, you just don't know who else may move in and, and move up and uh, get a shot at that title. But it, it opens things up. I'll say this, though. If Nemkov stays there, I would love to see him and Corey Anderson again. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I smashed him. Okay, let's not forget that had he not been honest and said yes there was a clash of heads that led to the end of uh that fight oh no you you was losing like you was getting ready to get utterly smashed so uh did he make some phenomenal changes in his game to overcome things absolutely but let's not act like Corey anderson wasn't whooping you and that maybe a third shot is the charm for him that was the first time i believe since probably geary uh in 2016 in rising that you know we had it actually saw them possibly pacing the mat in that manner I, I know he had lost previously but i don't think that i think the only one against geary was actually his only uh tko, TKO right loss. Um, yeah i think that was his only loss or if if he lost before yeah. that Okay, yeah, it, yeah, it was probably early. The back, but I think the one with Yuri was the knockout loss, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that'll definitely be interesting to see. Nimkov, uh literally has not, like you say, he has not taken loss since 2016. But Romero has a, a lot uh, out at stake for him. And there's also that 16-year difference in age that they're also talking about in the media between the two fighters. So that'll be interesting to see. Make sure you tune into that. That's going to be built towards 297. You already know the voice is going to have that covered. Now, as we close out this week's combat sports, UFC fans, we have not forgot about you. The voice's last words. We're going to be closing out with UFC middleweight about the headliner voice. Give us your thoughts on this and tell us exactly what we're going to be looking for. That's going to be UFC on ESPN. The Tory versus, I, I always butchered this man's name and I apologize, sir. Kenanizer. <laughs> I always butcher this man's name, even when I do my study and I'm reading, and then I look at it, I'm like, canonizing. <laughs> I then I started not even saying his name because I was like, yeah. don't even do it, don't even walk into it. But I'm a journalist, so I gotta I gotta accept my defeat. Hey, well, uh let me say this. Uh in MMA, uh um in MMA coverage circles, it's not uncommon uh, for us to go with the nickname and go, you know, with you know the the first name. But yeah, it's just it, it, it's canon. Like you see the canon, and the shot is near canon near. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no Z's in a mess. But yeah, uh, Vittori and canon near. Uh, this is really a fight to maintain relevancy. Uh, both have been to the mountaintop when it comes to facing uh, the champion. And in Canada, not Canadier, but in um, Vittori's case, not only is he faced the champion, but he's faced the, the number two guy uh, forever in Robert Whitaker and has not fared well in any of those fights. Uh, face Izzy twice and lost, you know, both of those fights. So, uh, again, for both of these fighters, it is a fight for relevancy. It's a fight to uh, stay amongst the top at the divisions. It's, it's a fight to be that gatekeeper 
uh, to say whether or not you know you do you whether or not your uh, efforts are good enough for you to be among the upper echelon at middleweight in the UFC. Uh, so that that's what's on the line for them is is relevancy, uh, the ability to continue to headline and make whatever uh, money that comes along with headlining a card. Definitely, definitely. Uh, shout out to the Killer Gorilla. I should have just went with the man's nickname, but I wanted to say I wouldn't say his name, and I always say canonizer, and there's no Z in there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another great episode of the main card. Uh, I'm your man, Will, just the flubber of the day, your man, the voice. Make sure you follow, like, and subscribe uh, with the voice on Twitter. Uh, that's at the voice. Um, he always has your best uh, in combat sports. He's always scoring the box as he goes along, so you can definitely tune in with him. You can follow me at Mr. Teddy Farrell uh, on all platforms. And make sure you follow the gang, mtmvpn.com. We've got great individuals on the website that you can get to know. Uh, some of our writing is also on the website. Get to know the different shows that we have on it. We have everything that you're looking for. And if you're not able to always visit the website or on our YouTube page, follow us on your favorite podcast platform because we're there too. So we're, we're everywhere you need to be. Uh, this has been another amazing episode. Thank you all for tuning in with us. Boys, take us out, sir. Uh, well, uh, in my final, final words, uh, Costa Zoo's son, Tim Zoo, is fighting uh, Carlos Ocampo on uh, Sunday in Australia. I want to say New Zealand so bad, but I knew that wasn't right. Uh, in Australia, and it'll be uh, Saturday night here, stateside. I believe it, they are fighting for the full WBO title. I want to say that they may have stripped um, I, I feel like they stripped Charlo of the title uh, because he has not been able to fight at all. It, even if not, even if it's not the full title, uh, it's at the very least the interim. But I believe this is for the full title. Uh, and if he wins, then uh, he has a claim uh, to being one of the best at that division. Something that uh, Charlo has locked up because he was undisputed. Uh, there will be dispute after this fight because either Zoo or Campo will be the champion. Awesome, awesome. You have your weekend of combat sports prepared for you. You know, you continue to uh, follow us. Make sure you tune in every Tuesday night, 7.15 Eastern Standard Time for Smoke O'Clock. Thank you for tuning in with us. Uh, voice closes out, sir. Until next time, fight the good fight.